So we're getting into our Africa Unlocked segment for today and we're focusing on the Democratic Republic of Congo. This is, of course, where there has been uh, a lot of conflict taking place. Nixon Katembu is an African affairs analyst and language specialist at Channel Africa's Kiswahili desk. Nixon, no stranger to the show. Hello, Nixon. Hello, Kathy. He's always on his feet. He loves standing up. I think, you know, as he's speaking, this is why it's so difficult for me to wrap him. Uh, because as, as he, when he stands up and he talks, he, he talks like he's addressing the nation, literally addressing the nation. How are you, Nixon? There is another aspect to it is that when I sit down, I don't get to look at into your eyes so for me to be able to speak <laughs> oh, is I think that, is, is I must be you... able to have that eye contact uh-huh, uh-huh. because you know it, it uh, helps you make your point better it, ha- it helps me but also the cathy that is in front of me is very mesmerizing oh wow okay <laughs> I, di- I didn't see that one coming I must say <laughs> alright Nixon so um Important important developments taking place. I, was, I opened the show very excited this morning about the peace deal that has been struck um, when it comes to Ethiopia and the the government and the TPLF. And I, I think it, it was just so significant. And I was telling the listeners that it actually it made me feel proud to be South African and, you know, part of a country that is contributing positively to change in the world i feel like you know this is this is the country that we want to be and of course you know there there are lots of other players um that that were involved in that but but certainly just marking uh, our own role as a country your pride is justified kathy mm. and i was more proud also being in that uh negotiation room yesterday oh were you there yes oh fantastic and uh, seeing TPLF and the government of Ethiopia signing you know, right in front of my eyes and mm. the discussions that unfold was very um, interesting. But one of the most uh, difficult part in the peace negotiations and uh, and uh, peace agreements is the implementation of, of all of it. Mm. Of course, you have to have spoilers on on both parties, be it the government and the PLF, uh, in any aspect of uh, the conflict, uh, whether uh, the monitoring part of it is going to happen is is looked at. And, the, and the conspicuously, uh, the Eritrean um, government has been accused of meddling in Ethiopian affairs, and that that was not part of the negotiations and it makes me worried. Uh, the other aspect into that is the regional uh, uh, context to it. Uh, Ethiopia and Egypt have been fighting over uh, the Grand Renaissance Dam. Uh, Sudan uh, have uh, problems uh, with, with Ethiopia on, on the same dam. And yet we know that the United States is arming Egypt to the teeth uh, about $120 million worth of uh, armament sold to Egypt mm-hmm. just last year. Uh, Egypt does not have a war. It's not facing any war with anyone, but Egypt is an important American ally in the region. And we know from diplomatic sources that Egypt have been supporting TPLF. 
Hence the presence of Mike Hammer, who is the former ambassador of the U.S. into the DRC, now U.S. representative in the Horn of Africa. That tells you to the extent to which mm. this conflict is in serious. It, it, it's layered. There are yes. many interested the, parties. There are many interested uh, parties. And therefore, and, yeah. And not only that, if you look at in the context of geopolitics today, Ethiopia and signed many infrastructure program with China. Ethiopia is producing agricultural pro pro produce that mm -hmm. go to China, particularly with uh, things like your your rice uh, and so on. Um, that tells you uh, uh, the problem. But also the U.S. also it being in the Horn of Africa, and it is a very contested area, by the way. And you remember also Turkey coming along, uh, in uh, participating in in Somalia, and now um, assisting Ethiopia by selling Ethiopia the drones that actually uh, brought uh, TPLF to its knees, mm -hmm. uh, that made them retreat from the Afar and Amara region. So all these have to be put into context. Mm. Look, Nixon, I think we can only hope for the best uh, because that's really what the people of Ethiopia, all of them, including those in the Tigray region, need the most right now. Um, and I think that what you're saying about the power of the deal is exactly in its implementation. It means nothing if it comes to naught. So... We really, really hope that this will be a turning point. But with the number of interests at play and when people begin to do part of what is in the agreement, including ceasefire, disarmament, that's where the real work uh, is going to need to take place. And it's easier said than done. Uh, I, I think I think we can agree on that. Certainly. And Nixon, let's get now into what is happening in the Democratic Re Republic of Congo. We focused on this before, talking about the M23 rebels and the conflict that is raging in the DRC. Of course, on the one hand, you have the link to Rwanda, that has been accused by the DRC of funding um, these and supporting these M23 rebels. We now have Kenyan, Kenya coming through with peacekeepers that are going to be reinforcing uh, the forces of the DRC in this fight. Firstly, let's just talk about the scale of conflict that is taking place right now. Kathy, uh, I... I, I, I some, sometimes beg to defer and mm. at the expresses of sounding uh, partisan. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the history of the conflict in the DRC, <laughs> in a recent one, we might just start from 2004 when um, Lorangunda formed his CNDP in South Kivu and then in beat, was defeated there under the pretext he's uh, protecting the Banyamulenge and so on, that they are being persecuted by the Congolese government. He and Jil Mutebuti uh, ran to Masisi and uh, continued the CNDP operation around 2008, while the government had just had uh, the elections, of which the RCD Goma, uh, which was a Rwandan-led a coalition mm -hmm. of rebels did not even get even 
1.5% into the general election in the DRC. So the only bargaining chip was to use uh, amendment and reinventing rebellion. So in 2008, when Jilum and Lorangunda are fighting in CNDP, what happened then, they push for negotiations, reintegration of uh, army. But when they def were defeated in 2009, though, what, where did they run to? Rwanda. Mm -hmm. So what that tell you? Rwanda's hand once again in the affairs of the DRC. They signed a March 23rd agreement with the Congolese government after the, the, the Kabila's government negotiated with them and they get integrated into the national army, they get military posts and so on. Again, 2012, they emerged that the government has not fulfilled those agreements. They start, this is when uh, DRC ran to SADC to say, no, we are being evaded. Even when the MONUSCO was there, the Force Intervention Brigade was formed and to, to intervene. Uh, SNDF here with the Rauivak helicopters. They chased the M23 together with the Congolese National Army, the Malawian and the Tanzanian forces. Mm -hmm. very M23 ran to Rwanda. They ran to Uganda, arguably as refugees in a refugee camp. Now, they came up again just recently, and they emerged from the refugee camp, well armed to the teeth, according to the United Nations General Secretary Antonio Guterres, that they are armed like a conventional army, and they must be getting external support. Those are Antonio Guterres' words, not my words. We have Rwanda on the other side saying no. We are not arming them. We are, they are not part of us. These are Congolese internal affairs. That tells you how much the deceit and the lies that Rwanda have been deploying to perpetuate mm -hmm. conflict in Eastern DRC, even when the current uh, situation have shown much of evidence by the UN group of experts saying that we conclusively say that Rwanda is behind oh, 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 I was going to say that isn't isn't it uh, accepted now that there is a link between the M23 and Rwanda and the fact that um, Rwanda could well be the ones supporting, maybe not the only ones, but certainly uh, to a large extent supporting the operations of the M23. No, look, they, they are that general acceptance that indeed Rwanda mm. is evolved. There is another general accepted from the Rwandan government that they are not evolved. <laughs> so I, yeah. those are two contesting ideas. Mm. But the question is, where is the evidence? When the evidence is brought forward, it is clear that the M23 are armed and financed through the resources that they get from the DRC, but Rwanda is a conduit of those resources to international market. But the DS another twist is that Uganda and Rwanda had uh, diplomatic tensions that ran for two years. 
until they recently made a diplomatic rapprochement through Mhozi Kainarugawa, the son of the president in Uganda. And you would see most of the time tweeting, ango ma ango this and ma ango that. But what is happening in the current situation of the M23 when they took Unagana, the Ugandan army also was evolved through the command of General Mhozi Kainarugawa, who was the commander of the uh, land forces in Uganda, mm -hmm. until he was removed uh, due to the debacle of his tweet that he was going to evade Kenya. So the current M23 in its form is fully supported by RDF, Rwandan Defense Forces, together with some unit within the Uganda National Army out of command of the General National Army under URM-70, but rather a clique of certain commanders mm. that are being uh, commanded by his son. I, I was also going to say that when we look at the, the response of the the region, um, in particular the East Africa community, that also suggests to me that there is, again, a general agreement. I don't know how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know how overt that agreement might be or how explicit that general agreement might be. But certainly, uh, to some extent, there's an agreement that Rwanda could well be behind the M23, which is why we see the deployment of troops um, under a regional agreement that are now going into the DRC. Now, I have a problem with that. Mm. Uh, and this lays in the hands of the DRC government. You know, there is a, a proverb in, a, in a, an African proverb which says a wise bird prepare a net before it lays its eggs. Uh, for the DRC to be crying all the time that we are evaded by Rwanda is something shameful. Why? Look at the massive country that it is. 245,000 kilometer square of landmass, bigger than Western Europe, in, in fact, than the, the entire European Union. Look at its resources. Look at its people, about 90 million people of the DRC. And why I'm saying with the proverb that a bird that is wise prepare its nets before laying its eggs is that the DRC should have first organized within the leadership that seeks to respond to the need of the people, organize the institutional framework of the country, the army, security sector reform, before it's crying. Whether you have a those East African community uh, soldiers coming in. It's the question of what are they going to do differently mm. from MONUSCO that has been there for the past 22 years, All including right. those forces from Tanzania and Kenya who have been there already.
Nixon, I'm going to ask you to pause it there. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. Um, it is 11.30, time for your latest headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point today. Uh, we're in conversation with Nixon Katembu. We're looking at our Africa Unlock segment and unpacking then what is happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, this comes, of course, the following the deployment of Kenyan troops now, peacekeepers, as they're called to help fight the M23 rebels in the DRC. It's under a regional agreement um, for the deployment of these troops. Nixon, as you heard before, went to news questioning, um, you know, whether the DRC is truly committed to fighting these rebels because, uh, as he says it, they, they, they go out and cry for help, but uh, institutionally and structurally in the country have not implemented the changes that would need to be in place to actually uh, serve prolonged peace or even help get to a point of prolonged peace? Certainly. Um, and, and this brings me to the question of security sector reform in that country. The army in the DRC should have played an important role in building peace in the country. Interestingly enough, if you look at uh, from 1996, when Mobutu was toppled, the entire institution of the state, in other words, the state machinery, was completely dismantled. Mm. And that was by design to weaken the country, to make the country put be in disarray, and therefore engineer a situation that happened in Sudan where the SPLA and SPL uh, and, and, and Sudan under Bashir had to divide. What is happening in the DRC, interestingly enough, is that the people of the DRC still hold on to their identity. They identify with the countries first before uh, their tribal cocoon. That is interesting, and that's what have led uh, the the. the the, even those who propose for the DRC to think that it's too big to be governed, they should be, uh, you know, divided into pieces, mm. have failed. Interestingly enough, the worst part is that those who are pushing for this element have been using the outside, in particular Rwanda. Yeah, and 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 the question is, for the DRC in terms of a security sector reform. You look at a, a group of soldiers, in other words, the army, which is formed, in my own view, about three to four groups. Group one is the group of those former rebels mm. under uh, uh, the Lusaka and uh, the Sun City, as well as the Pretoria Accord, coming together to form the army and integrated to form the FRDC. Mm. Within the FRDC, there are those now who are aligned to the former president, Joseph Kabila, who feel alienated by the current regime, even though they are functioning within the National Army. The third aspect 
is those who have been integrated from different rebellion that have been fomented with the support of Rwanda. I spoke earlier of the CNDP, uh, but before that, it starts from the AFDEL that brought uh, Lauren Kabila to power. And you would recall that James Kabarebe, General James Kabarebe, who is the presidential advisor on security in the Kagame's regime, in other words, the presidential advisor to Paul Kagame, mm -hmm. he is the only person in the world, the only general in the world who have been a general chief of staff in two countries, one in Rwanda and the one in the DRC. The question is, how many elements of his army did he live in the DRC army? And why do you think the command and control in the DRC is fragmented that when a foot soldiers can fight, but all of a sudden they are given different signals on the command and they withdraw and you know, before you know it, the army has lost. Mm. That is the third aspect of the army. Then you have the fourth, which those who feel this is our country, the patriotic one who feel that we will die on a battlefield mm. for our country. But interestingly, they are not supported. Why security sector reform is, is needed in that country is because you have to desegregate all these aspects I've just mentioned and make one national republican army that is apolitical. Mm -hmm that does not look who is Chisekedi in power, who Kabila was in power, who, what rebellion did we come from but serve the interests of the country. All right. Nixon, I want us to take some of the voice notes that our listeners have been sending through on this topic. The problem of Congolese people, it's the Congolese people themselves, you know. We have uh, our, our leaders in power, those are angry and they, 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 they are there for their proper interests. You know, the same thing that is happening with South Africa, with the ANC, is the same thing that is happening in Congo. Some people, they don't want to talk about the serious matter and the problem. Rwanda, wherever that it is, look at Ukraine today and Russia. Russia decided to attack. Why Congo is still taking a side back? to attack and to deal with this matter. Rebels are taking a part of Congo for months and months. People are quiet, people are enjoying, people are partying. Starting from the president himself is busy flying left and right, going to buy mansion, going to marry this daughter, going to this, this, this and that party. And then the people are quiet. I don't know. The problem of Congolese people is Congolese themselves. Thank you. Hello, Madam Kaske. How are you? I'm Nathan K from Bombera. I would like to ask Mr. Nixon Katembo, don't you think M23, they want to cut off Eastern region to be a country independent? According to the Rwanda is supporting them. Because all, all minerals which Rwanda is selling, they mine, they, they mine it from Eastern DRC. But don't you think they are targeting to cut it off to be a separate country? I'm Nathan K from Bombera. Bye. Okay, what this man is saying about the DRC and the Rwanda, the DRC must say cry. Uh, there's a lot of things hiding behind it. 
the international community burned the DRC for not buying weapons and they're supporting Rwanda by giving them heavy sophisticated weapons to give those rebel groups to fight and the Congolese army can't stand against those group rebels because they have strong weapons that the, the Congolese army don't have and we can't buy weapons outside that's the reason it seems that Rwanda is very strong though it's a small nation we are big nations yeah that's the reason don't blame Congo for crying that the Rwandans are taking us there's a big nation behind that Rwanda it's Americans Nixon yeah I get those sentiments um, within um, within the the, the, the the Congolese populations. <clears throat> Remember, war is not thought on how much <laughs> armed you have. War is fought on strategy. How do you strategize? You can defeat even a bigger army and well-armed army if you are united and if you are determined. How do you explain a situation where a commander like General Chirimwami, who has been fighting the M23, got withdrawn from the front line, sent to the 32nd Battalion in Ituri after closing in on the M23 in Bunagana? And then you bring Yave Filemo. Now we know the, the government have arrested him, he's in Kinshasa, for having collaborated with the rebels. That is to the listener now to discern more. On the part of uh, the idea that there is a big nation, that is true. In the current conflict, international geopolitics is playing out in Congo, in as it played out in the early 60s. Congo recently went to Russia. Uh, the Defense Minister Gilbert Kabanda signed an agreement with the Russian uh, Federation to sell arms to the Congolese government, something that have iked the United States. Mm. Uh, just of recent, there were a group of senators that were shuttling between Kigali and Kampala. We, you and I don't know the, 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 the discussion behind the, the diplomatic shuttling uh, uh, of U.S. senators. And uh, Rwanda is supported by the United States because even President Paul Kagame himself is a product of the American training. So it is not surprising. Rwanda, by virtue of, of 1994 guilt by under Bill Clinton in the U.S., received much leverage in the way of doing anything. And that's why you had the likes of the former command of uh, Africom, Africom, General Kipuad, was in Kigali praising the Rwandan army that they are going to train together. Uh, they are good people. Why? Because they are serving American interests. That is well known. Um, the question I'm putting to the Congolese government is Rwanda has been involved in the affairs of the DRC for the past 25 years. What has the Congolese political class done to make sure that they fend off? Absolutely none. Hence, I'm putting to the listeners, why is Congo crying all the time? With all these resources, they can go to any manufacturing company of arms and say, here's, we trade this with this, Please, give us the arms. 
that could have happened. Uh, so, so then, what's what's your own answer to the question that you've asked? I think my own question to to the answer is that again, is the the leadership in the Congo. Mm. You had one of the voice not noting that it, the president uh, is is busy traveling and so on. They are parting. They have forgotten the east of the Congo. They don't know how to deal with the rebellion mm. in the east. And there are those in Kishasa who feel that whatever affected them, whatever affected the, in the east, they are not much bothered. They don't look at the urgency of dealing with the issue of the east. And that is tragic. And it will continue to be tragic unless... Congo find a patriotic leadership, a strategic leadership mm. that galvanized the state around the question of patriotism and protecting uh, the country. And not only that, have a strategic plan. If you ever ask the Congolese government, what is your, your strategic plan in the next five years or ten years for this country in terms of development, in terms of security, in terms of uh, 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 social, socio-economic issues, there are none. There are none. Nixon. Show me one. Then I will prove you to the contrary. Nixon, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Uh, Nixon Katembo is our Africa Affairs Analyst and Language Specialist um, at Channel Africa Kiswahili Desk. Always very passionate about the subjects that we talk about and also is a wealth of information uh, given the years that he spent covering and even living, uh, you know, in different parts of the continent. That brings us to a close of the talking point for today. As always, it's been a pleasure being in your company. Tomorrow we wrap up the week. It's Friday tomorrow. Uh, so that means that tomorrow we'll also have our Friday wind down. I always look forward to that. Coming up at the top of the hour will be the updated noon with Sakina Kamwendo. I'm back with you again tomorrow. Have a lovely afternoon.